This is Reynolds Podcast, The Creative Mindset. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Creative Mindset, a podcast about what the future holds at the intersection of creativity and technology. I'm Rei Namoto, the founding partner of IonCo, a global innovation firm based in New York and Tokyo. Generative AI has been the topic of the year, not just in the creative industry, but various industries and how it might impact the way we work and us as human beings. Since the explosions of tools like ChatGPT, MidJourney, and other generative AI tools, there have been many attempts at leveraging AI in the creation of content. However, at the enterprise or brand level, there haven't been that many viable or successful case studies of AI for and by creatives. Today's guest is Pum Lefebvre, the co founder and the chief creative officer of Design Army in Washington, D.C., where she oversees all creative coming through the agency's doors. In part one, we talked about how she used AI in actual client work, and she shared with us specifics of how she built her campaign using Midjourney, how long it took, and the advantage and disadvantage of using AI for a creative process. If you haven't listened, please have a listen. In part two, we go into how we, as creatives and designers, should maximize our creativity in the age of AI. So let's get started. If you were to, to, to produce this in a traditional way, the way you had done it, and I mean, you had done many, many photos. I mean, you've done beautiful work for the same client, you know, in the past. And all of them, it's, you know, Design Army's work. Beautiful photo shoots and you know beautiful video shoots, you know, great looking uh, models and great looking fashion, all those kind of things, right? How long would would that would that have taken? Like a usual campaign, like a year ago, like how much time would you have to spend? At least this one, four months. Four months, and and on average, a client, and you don't have to be specific, but a client like this, you know, of this size, a regional client, how much would they, would they have paid for something, including production? No, we can't talk about that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I was, I was trying, I was pushing my luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, so let me, let me, let me put it. Having done this, this sort of thing myself, right? Like I would say, you know, on the lowest Mm -hmm. end, I would say 150, you know, 100 to 200 K, like four, you know, three, 400 K would be a better budget to work with. Like in the past couple of years, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of, um, shoots that. Yeah. I've been either directly or indirectly involved. Mm-hmm. But even with that, if there was video involved, you know, it becomes uh, very expensive. I mean, imagine this campaign. Yeah. Shoot for real. That's half a million for at very bottom for the people, for the class, for, right? But this is all digital. It's all not exist. The model doesn't exist. You know, the land doesn't exist. So I, it's, you know, it's good and bad, good at, because it's fast, but then, you know, we have to protect our creativity and we need to put the value and dollar sign into it. You know, I think everyone tried to figure out how to charge the client using AI. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still the idea, right? Adventures in AI is an idea. It is a campaign. It's help someone selling the product, help consumer visualize the glasses that is probably not that inspiring on the white background, but now you put on someone's face like, oh, you know, with that screen, skin tone, with red colors, bring out your blue eyes or whatever. Um, 
you know, that's still creativity. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we just need to be really good at like, you know, we need to charge the client. I mean, it's still time. It doesn't generate itself. So by the time you presented, you know, within the, week, the first week and a half or two weeks or so, was the first presentation relatively close to the final output that you had or you still had to sort of iterate after? Like what was the, the, the first presentation like? It was done. <laughs> That's the difference. You know, like in, in the, for us as a creative agency, you usually skip concept, pull mood board, and then you have to go to hire director, photographer, scout, wardrobe, makeup, cast, all that, right? It skipped that process completely. Because as you concept, it's already creating the final product as you go. So you, you, you skip the photo shoot aspect of it, completely. So you concept it out. This is what it looks like. We might adjust typography, but it's pretty much done. Ready to use. It's going to be a hard time for us to win with speed. You know, the, like the speed and t- the speed and time, right? I mean, the, the quality has to be there. Now we are going to compete with each other in, on the speed and time. How fast can you get your this project done beautifully, right? And then, you know, how, how long and, and cost. I mean, imagine, I mean, we do photo shoot a lot. This is expensive campaign to shoot. It's, you're going to have to fly into Arizona or desert. You have to get 50 different models for the rights. We have to get, see, you know, the fashion part. And it, it, there's a limitation. Like, how can I, I'm not going to have funding to create, you know, a Comme de Garçon-ish with jellyfish dress you know, in real life. So what it does to me, uh, this process is make me realize that AI can democratize design. So if you don't have money or time, you know, or money or resource, this is can be a great use for someone who has idea and imagination, but not necessarily have, you know, resources or budget to fly to Arizona with 50 yeah. people. So it sounds like just to break down what you just talked about, there's the idea that you, you, a human being, from you came up with, but based on what you talked about, because it was you, I think this happened. Like if it was a non-creative person who wasn't able to think through this in a very quick way, yeah. you know, like you've been doing this 25 years or whatever, yes. but it's the experience that you have as a human being, as a creative, talented, smart, experienced individual. Like if it was a 25-year-old creative person, I don't know if it would have happened this quickly. You know, so that was that. And, and also you being able to sort of connect, okay, what is the client trying to do and what do they need to say? What, what are the product? Uh, benefits and being able to connect to that. So there's the idea, right? The second part you also talked about was the quality, right? And that's also based on your experience, your eye, your talent, and you know what's good versus what's bad. Like you're able to judge because of experience. Yeah, you, you need a little certain taste to be able to judge. Right, taste. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the time and the cost part, I mean, time is money uh, as well. But I guess... I assume that, you know, you get paid by this client for your time or for your team's time, right? But when it comes to production 
did they pay you for production or were they just paying your basic fee? Well, there's an animation aspect to it. You know, so, so there is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Production is a part of it too. So it, it was just like a, you know, a experiment project. You know, I had to convince the client to let us do this. So, but, but it is a, you know, pay project, obviously. And um, production time, yes, because generate it alone, photo alone, that's not enough. We still have to put glasses in. We still have to animate it. We have to write caption. We have to make sure that the episode and the story sound right. right, right, right. right. I mean, it's, you know, we have we add music. We had a music designer creating a score, original score for um, the sounds of Alien. You know. Do you think that the same client or another client uh, would come to you and say, "Hey, we only have four weeks, and we don't have a lot of money, but..." We know you can do great work in AI. Do it. Like, what would you do? What would you say to them? I can do four weeks, but then you will have to have money. <laughs> Why? Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? That I can do it quite well. Yeah. You know, everyone have access to Mid Journey, but then we have done it so beautifully. Yeah. It's funny because um, you know we got a lot of press for this from Ad Age or Ad Week. Literally. Mm. One week after we launched the campaign and it was on press, I got three calls from new clients. New clients. Yeah. I think clients, are they're curious and they're very excited about the process. And it's just, you know, fascinating. Not so much of the speed. I think the, the result was more of the, you know, the, the result campaign. Yeah. It's almost like a new visual language in a way. It's like the AI look, right? The, um, yeah. It's just it's a new look. It's a new style when you think about it. So it's not so much about like how fast or how inexpensive. I mean, that's probably important. But then, but just the way it looks is interesting. It's new. Yeah. You know, we are creating brand, brand new yeah. feelings. But were they, were they interested in that kind of look or were they interested in, oh, wow, I can get this kind of look this quickly? No, they're just intrigued by, you know, I have never seen like AI have done, AI campaign done this way. Right, right. It just, and then it was just kind of interesting to, you know, it's like a new new thing to play with. Yeah. Everyone just pretty much curious. But so what would you say if, uh, if the same client came back to you, you know, three months from now saying, hey, you know, I, I need something. What would you say? I mean, we'll, we, you know, we'll continue because like fashion, you have to do spring season and fall season. Yeah, we are continue. I mean, this is actually part of the pitch is like we're going to do the next um, adventure in AI. It's not, not just going to stop because, you know, it's have to keep going in the fall. In the summer, we concept right now it's gonna to go to different land. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's more like beautiful with flower, and f- so we are gonna keeping for to the fall too as experimentation and see, you know, what kind of uh, result we get. And it's gonna change. You know, it's gonna change, and that's why it's already changed. And I already not like Mid Journey Five. So, like for me, as Mid Journey, I mean, when I first started working on this, is version four. In March, version five came out, and I don't like it. Why is that? Because it was too real. Yeah. It was so real, realistic, right? So you see the picture of the Pope wearing Montclair. 
jacket went viral oh. because it's so real. And then people can't, some people didn't think it was for real. It's like a real photo. Yeah, yeah. So I, yes. giving the same prompt from version four, version five, and the result is different. No. And I'm not liking now as much because there is imperfection of version four where the, the people have six fingers or, you know, this they, the other thing they can't render very well is finger. You always see six or seven fingers always uh, with, with the human rendering. <laughs> but now it's getting too good in a way that it's kind of losing its charms a little bit. Mm. So like I'm like not even upgrading my um, to version five right now. I just have to like add that I want to render in first version five. I'm keeping version four mm. because I don't want to lose that 1950 or like, you know, much more like artistic. Oh, I see. Also, because now it's just become real. It's like a little bit like when you watch Cinderella, a Disney animation, you know, back then versus three-dimensional Cinderella now, they look different. Right. And I think there's something about like the drawing and imperfection that make the piece of art look like art. Mm-hmm. Now it's become like so perfect, so perfect, so real that you can't tell a difference between machine and human anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good or dangerous is depend on how how you want Mid Journey to to generate it. Yeah. But um, maybe it's good to like you know looking at the Instagram and see how the technology evolve visually. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you might not be doing as many actual video and photo shoots. As you've done in the past moving forward no not true i think it's depends really yeah it depends i mean I, I just you know came back from a week-long photo shoot right, right if you want something real raw authentic human mm. you have to work with human okay it's going to be tough to creating something that look real but it's fake because there's something about the AI image. You can tell that it's, you know, an AI-generated image. There's something that is still quite Photoshoppy and photo manipulation. And you don't get the sense of, like, the wind, the sunlight that hit the skin tone. It's just a feeling, right? And I think we all human can tell the difference. Yeah. So, so on that point, this is a little bit more philosophical than the conversation that we've been having. But what part of creative process or what part of creativity do you think AI will, can replace? And what part, you know, should humans do? Human should, you know, we, 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 we are the author of a story. So human will continue to dream and ideate, you know, idea. And um, AI for me is a little bit like machine washer and dryer, right? Mm, mm. It's like, you know, when you do laundry in the in the past, you would have to do it by hand, you know, mm-hmm. each now you just like throw the laundry in. Yeah. And it just automate and 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 get it done for you. We human needs to know how to make a call of like which mm. kind of, you know, let's say mid-journey, you got four different A, B, C, D choice. Which one is the one that feel right? And it's to me, it's come back to the feeling. 
does it feel right? Mm. You know, does it look fake? Does it, mm. you know, you have to make a decision, mm. you know, on mm. on like what image you want to put forward um, to to your audience and what kind of image that's going to work with the audience and the brands. Mm. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's funny because I was really excited when I create this campaign, you know, with with Journey and I show to my daughter who is 17 years old, gamer, mm-hmm. right? It's 18, she's turned 18. She's a gamer. She's always, you know, like this kind of look and feel and I show it to her. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, Sophie, isn't it amazing? I'm so excited with, about this campaign. Mm-hmm. And of course she say, okay, I think it's cool, but it's not as cool as the campaign that you have done previously for Georgetown Optician mm-hmm. or Hong Kong Ballet. Why, why was that? Why was that? She said it's lack emotion mm-hmm. and it's done by machine. Mm-hmm. And I, she's like, you know, I love the campaign that you use real actor and, you know, go and shooting with the team um, so much more. You know, when something good or not, do you do we put the value into human hand, you know, the time that it's created, the people, that the community of human that coming together to create a campaign, you know, versus like this campaign that done by Poom and then, you know, six different designers in the team. I mean, we're still working as a team, but it's just a different role. So like we as a human has to make a decision what is good. Same thing, like let's say Louis Vuitton bag, right? Louis Vuitton bag costs certain price, $9,000, because everyone, every single piece of the bag is cutting by hand. And there's a human behind that that is hand stitching each one, hand painted the side of the bag, and each one is collectible. And it has a value when you buy, and sometimes... Chanel bag increase in value, you know, as it goes. Same thing as watch, right? It's done by human hands, so there's a value to that. The bag can be done by machine, made in China, and produced really fast, and you know, look like kind of like the real Louis Vuitton, but it's not quite. So there's a value into the human time and creativity. There's an art of the craft um, that should be considered of what good is in the future. I mean, how how do you see? I mean, I think, you know, what keeps me up at night is relevancy. Mm. When you when you are having you you when you have a your own agency for 20 years, you always want to make sure that you stay relevant and you not always just celebrate your past success, right? And I think that's why us, you know, anyways, like we always have to push ourselves to uncomfortable territory. And I think that's what I was doing now with this AI thing, because I didn't even want to do it at first. But then I, was like, I don't have any choice but pushing, you know, that's keep me up at night. And, you know, I, I do worry about the client is not willing to pay right, right, right. what we worth. That's should that we should all be worried about because now you know the creativity, ability to tell the story, ability to creating beautiful design, 
if at the end of the day, it's about how many viewers we can get on TikTok, we are not judging on the craft anymore. We are judging on the popularity. Mm. So, you know, so that's something that I'm fighting for our industry to, you know, we need to create value for ourselves. Mm. And we need to not give away. Because of its past, it doesn't mean it's cheap. Because our idea is not cheap. Right, right, right. That was part two of my conversation with Pum Lefebvre, the co-founder and the chief creative officer of Design Army in Washington, D.C. My three key takeaways from my conversation with Pum were, number one, it's the point of view that counts. Number two, the human touch is what makes the difference. And number three, obsess about staying relevant. The part of the conversation that caught my attention was when we were talking about how we should charge the client. As you heard, especially from the first episode, the time it took for her to create this campaign drastically reduced from the normal process that she would go through with her team versus in this case, she was the one who was doing the work, the majority of the work, the heavy lifting was done by herself. And that was the most revealing aspect of this whole thing because for those of us who have spent say more than two decades, and especially running a company, managing people, our job is not necessarily to do the work ourselves, but to let other people, to work with other people, and to elevate their work. AI makes it possible for younger people to try new things that may have taken years for them to gain the skill to do, but the difference here, she said that the work that she created using AI was better than the work that the younger generation did because she knew how to give the prompts. She knew how to revise the prompts to get what she was looking for much more effectively than say younger designers who may not have the vocabulary, who may not have the experience to direct and give feedback in another conversation that I had a while ago with PJ Pereira, who had written a novel about AI and martial arts uh, recently, he talked about AI today is like a horse instead of a bicycle. And what he meant by that was that controlling AI could be as tricky as riding a horse. You need the experience. You need the skill to know how to ride it. So that difference between knowing how to provide directions and feedback coming from the experience. And on top of that, I would say in her case, and this is what you pay her for, is the taste that she has. She has a unique taste coming from Asia, studying in the US and building a career and working around the world with clients around the world. That has helped her cultivate that kind of taste that she has and that's what you pay for. So even though the production aspect of it, the making aspect of it, in a normal circumstance, a campaign like that could have easily cost $500,000 just to produce and could have taken several months to concept, prepare, and produce. She did that 
almost by herself, you know, with some help from a few designers that she has. So in this case, she was able to condense the process from say four months to four weeks to go from start to finish. However, it is what you pay for is her for her experience and for her taste and for her eye. So not everybody would be able to produce the level of work that she was able to produce. So that's number one, it's the point of view that counts. Key takeaway number two, the human touch is what makes the difference. What was really insightful in my conversation with Pum was that she realized relatively quickly the strength as well as the weakness of AI. And the fact that AI wasn't able to produce or generate the very product that it was trying to visualize, which is these pairs of glasses that this brand, Georgetown Optician, sells. I found that insightful and ironic at the same time because if we are trying to use AI to speed up the process and the very thing that you want to depict is, say in this case, the product, the glasses, but the fact that it couldn't is very telling. But again, this comes from her experience that she realized that, you know what, this needs to be done by humans. And she quickly adjusted the approach to produce the glasses by photographing and then photoshopping that in to the images that she generated. So the models, the fashion that these models wear, the setting in this case, because it was set on, a, on an imaginary planet called AI, that setting, the scene, those things were produced in AI, but the most important aspect of the campaign, the glasses, were made by or photographed by humans and then composited in. So that kind of uh, human touch is what makes a difference. I would add on another note, really vital human touch is the story. So the strength of this work that she did wasn't just the fact that it was the speed at which she was able to produce this uh, with a, a fairly limited uh, resource, but also creating the narrative, crafting the narrative so that it wasn't, hey, you know what, look at my AI campaign, but it was, hey, look at this story about humans traveling uh, to outer space and on this planet, you need these glasses. So there was that kind of background story, fiction, but story that was behind it so that it made sense. And then it gave a reason for this AI work to exist. And that's the human touch that made the difference in this case. So key takeaway number two, the human touch is what makes the difference. And finally, number three, and this is perhaps the most important point, obsess about staying relevant. Um, as I said earlier, AI tool is a very democratic tool in that anybody can use it. You know, many tools are free and it removes the barrier of execution. So in the past, you may have years of expense to be able to produce the kind of thing that she produced. But this one that with the use of uh, Midjourney, that removed that barrier of experience and the skill. So think of these technology tools, AI and beyond AI, these are the tools that can help us stay relevant, regardless of age, experience, industry, profession, what have you, staying relevant as a professional and 
the human being is one of the most important things that we need to obsess about. Oftentimes, technology does make workers irrelevant because it takes away from jobs, but AI can give us an opportunity to transform what we do and how we work, and it can help us stay relevant. So to summarize my three key takeaways from my conversation with Pumor, key takeaway number one, it's the point of view that counts. Number two, the human touch is what makes the difference. And number three, obsess about staying relevant. If you are listening to this on Spotify, there's a Q&A field, so please do send us your questions and comments. And if you like our podcast, please leave us a five-star rating. We'd be so grateful. I'm Ray Namoto, and this is The Cray Mindset. See you next time.